You are listening to the e-commerce marketing school presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. Leanna, thanks for joining us on e-commerce marketing school. Thank you for inviting me. Ah, oh, my favorite person, Leanna Patch, my funniest friend. <laughs> oh, I'm I love it here. I'm gonna turn bright red. <laughs> um, I actually so uh for our listeners, Leanna and I have known each other for a very long time. Um, and Leanna inspired me to get into improv, uh, which I think like all humans should do. Um, it is the best training for being in meetings, for uh working with clients, for working with vendors, um, for difficult situations. And Preach. Yeah, and and also it helps you become a better writer. Like you're you're kind of writing on the spot in improv. You're not really writing scripts necessarily, but it helps you think differently, which makes you a better writer. And these days, everyone who's a marketer, all of us, we're all writers, right? True. It also just makes your brain more fun to live in, which is <laughs> what, what other thing can do that? <laughs> yeah, it's a really... Uh, really valuable way to spend your time um grab a workshop or you know join a class uh, there seems to be improv in pretty much every city so i think so uh yeah online classes everywhere yeah it's you should go in person but you can take it online if you have to so one thing that you do and that relates to improv is that you're funny <laughs> Uh, you do. So your brand is punchline copy and which inherently says like punchline, it's a joke. It's funny. Um, there's lots of jokes on your website, uh, lots of like side cracks and in your talks that you give and all those things. Um, there's a lot of playfulness and fun. And I want to start by talking about like where playfulness and fun is useful and where it's not. Um, I think that there are some brand owners who might be like, mm, my customer is very serious or my customer is very old or uh, I cater to a business person or, you know, there's all these extenu extenuating circumstances. We, we make materials for the government and, you know, uh, are there times where it doesn't make sense to be playful and fun and light and have a brand personality? I get this question so much. I actually got it today. Um, again, <laughs> not from you, um, from someone else, because there is that fear. Like, I want to be taken seriously and I want my customers to know that I respect them. Um, and yeah, there are there are times and places in, like in life and in your funnel when humor doesn't make sense. Uh, the first time I gave my talk about humor was MicroConf 2018. And the first question I got was, uh, I run a a company in the funeral space. <laughs> wow. Well, even then, I think that, you know, depending on your brand, depending on your risk tolerance, there are always ways to use it to your benefit. You never want to make uh, the client or the customer feel like you're making fun of them or that you would rather crack a joke than help them, um, which mm. I think is fear, right? So if somebody's coming to you with a, a support request, maybe don't immediately start out with a joke, especially if it's a joke at their expense. Like pretty much don't make jokes at your customer's expense, never, right? 
Um, but if it's your product copy and you want to joke about a problem that you know customers have that you're solving, like sort of poke fun at like, look how terrible this is. It's so terrible. You could X and Y. That's where the joke goes. Uh, then they're like, ah, they get me. So yeah, there is definitely discretion to be applied in, in time and place. So what was your answer to the funeral guy? I said, well, first of all, I was when I was done, like rolling my eyes and picking my jaw back off the floor, <laughs> I told him about this uh, magazine ad that a friend of mine in the UK sent me, Amy Harrison, who is a wonderful copywriter in the UK. She sent me a magazine ad with uh, an older gentleman carrying a, a older woman in a wheelbarrow. And it was like, the, the headline of this ad was basically, why pay for all the bells and whistles? You're going the same place. Like, we're all going the same place. Wow. You're all home ad. And I was like, that is for me. <laughs> that's who I want to bury me. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Is it for yeah. everyone? <laughs> yeah. So know your audience. And this yeah. is where, like, the thing that we talk about a lot in this show that I talk about a lot is just talking to your customers, understanding what level of seriousness they are in general. And of course, you have those outliers. You have the people who are jokesters no matter what. And you have the very serious buttoned up people who sell uh, clown accessories, you know, like there's <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, but understanding the language that your customers use and to your point, the problems that you're trying to solve. So um, product pages uh, and, you know, I mean, I think we can like there's copy can copy goes everywhere. Right. So um, we could talk about the website. We could talk about lots of different pages within the website. Like there's plenty of work for you to do uh, when people hire you as a copywriter. Um, but I would I think we would best spend our time talking about product pages because I feel like that's the place where people pour themselves into the home page, the the landing page that people end up on from an ad. They do their ad copy. They, and then it's like product page and which just like features, you know, we're just like we get there and we're tired and they're like, OK, well, the product will sell itself. Right. Like I have product market fit. It's fine. Why do you need pro copy on product pages? And like, what is copy on product pages? Isn't it just my features? No. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things uh, that I've been seeing missing on product pages a lot recently is uh, an about the company section or about the brand. Mm. We'll seem to be forgetting to bring that in. But like, you have to remember, they're probably not coming through this beautiful well-crafted funnel and like getting educated on your brand bit by bit they're coming from the ad they're landing on the product page you have to give them the whole thing right there um and if you can give them that in a way that makes your product seem like more intentional uh more human like there are humans behind it then even if you're in a very crowded space you will be more memorable and you will be more likely to capture that first sale because they trust you, right? It comes back to that old chestnut, no like trust. We want to do business with people that we know, like, and trust. Your copy is your salesperson on the page, right? I'm just spitting cliches. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's like what you're what you're talking about, though, is like when um, we, we get disconnected from the experience of having a physical store. And yeah. 
the product page is like the the doorway to your store and um if you walk in and it's just a bunch of products and there's nobody there there's no team there's no one to talk to there's no one to ask questions uh it you usually like do a lap and walk out um unless you really exactly know what you're gonna get and you just need to go buy it um and there's like a self-serve checkout yeah i know the store is weird but don't worry the product is good but like unless those friends have told you that you're gonna be like i don't know about this and you're gonna leave yeah yeah Yeah. so what are some pages or um, brands that do about sections on their product page really really well and it's okay if it's brands that you've written that for I wanna, I wanna go. <laughs> let me double check real quick. Get the brand that I co-own doing this because I don't want to be a huge hypocrite. I'm pretty sure we are. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fun. Yeah. So I uh, am a part owner of a pet supplement store, and we uh, we sell liquid supplements for cats and dogs. And I first started writing for the brand as like you know their copywriter. They were my client, and then eventually it was like it makes more sense for you to just own a piece of this. Um, but every product page we have is basically, here's the product, here is every ingredient and what it does, here's how to dose it, here's all the return and shipping information, here is more context about the problem that it solves and how to recognize that in your pet, and then here is the story of how the brand started with the founder's cat. Just like everything you need to know to trust us on the page, and then plenty of subtle text links in case they want to go elsewhere, but we obviously want to keep them on the page. And that page is Paramount Pet Health. Yes. Uh, and pretty much any of our products, I think, will have that structure. But you can look at liquid glucosamine for cats because it features the uh, mascot of the brand, Leo. That glucosamine is keeping him going. I it, Honestly, it is. So do you use Leo? Like, let's kind of dig into that a bit. Do you use Leo in your copy and your marketing? We do. Um, so he has a couple of dedicated landing pages that we will send uh, sort of cold, colder ad traffic to, like get to know us and then maybe buy. Um, but we've also used him as the face of Bonjoro greetings. Mm. So what's a Bonjoro? Uh, like a, a personalized video greeting. So if you buy for the first time, you get a little video message that's like, hey, Val, thanks so much for trying Paramount. Um, and it used to be ben's face ben is the original founder and we changed it to leo's face because like it's cute is it like ai plugs my name in it uh no i've never made them ben usually makes them i think it's i think it just sort of makes um a a to-do list for you and is like make one for this person make one for this person maybe it does plug you in okay so i get an email with leo in it yeah yeah. And he's talking to me? Yes. And he's also in the um, the purchase emails. Oh. So after you buy, uh, I think, is he in the welcome sequence? No, but Ben is. Um, so we're bringing different people in the company and, and yeah. Leo in throughout the journey, right? Um, and when you buy, you get an email at some point from Leo. Uh, and it's like, hey, just wanted to let you know, like, I packed it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Might be box. some scratches on the box. Um, so, okay. Email for a second. I I know we're kind of like jumping all over the place here, but from the PDP to the emails, we're, we're talking email now. I just want to take a second there and talk about brands. We, brand owners love 
the imagery and the branding and, you know, they've, and rightfully so, like they worked really hard on this product and the packaging and the, um, you know, design of everything. And they've spent tons of money on it and time. And so they want to put that front and center. Uh, but I also know how effective words are. Um, and there's this kind of a cat and dog fight in the world of email about design image-based emails versus text-based emails. And I want to hear your thoughts on that world. Yeah. Um, well, I, the, the TLDR is tested, right? But um, sure. I, we have, yeah, because you have to show them what you make and it's beautiful and it's on brand and it's a chance to build that like brand sense in the customer. But if you just send them a short two-paragraph email that looks like it's directly from you with a link to a sale, that's probably going to outperform any gorgeously designed, you know, image any day. And if you're sending, as you know, if you're sending a whole image as an email, then that's going to affect deliverability. So it might not even get to your customers. Yeah. 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 So that happens because uh, when a if you don't have alt text for your image, if you don't have any sections broken out in your images... Um, the inbox will re try to read the email, but inboxes read emails with no images turned on. So it just is looking for where there's text. And if there's no text, it's confused about what this is. And it may not make it to the inbox at all. Um, it uh, If somebody do does use a screen reader for any reason, they have no opportunity to know what the email is about um, without that uh, alt text there or um, so yeah breaking up images even if you're going to do all images breaking them up into pieces and putting alt text for each piece is like uh, a really nice kind of step into the world of uh, more text-based emails but um, testing always important with email uh, do you test on product pages too do you kind of test different types of copy we don't send enough traffic to do like true AV tests. Yeah, and we're not any ad traffic right now. But if you do that, then that's a great, uh, that's a great plan. Um, I was uh, I wanted to go back to the alt text thing just yeah. to point out alt text is a really fun place to put in jokes too. Oh, nice! They're like maybe Easter eggs, not, right? Like maybe not on a full, you know, only image email if you have to describe each piece of the image or each section of the image, right? Um, but if you have just one or two images in an email and they're not loading and you can write a really funny descriptor that sort of like plays off the copy around it, that'll encourage the turn on images. So instead okay. of just like you know, Jim Carrey gif dot gif, it would be like screaming internally or like, you know, pulling my face off or some descriptor of what's happening in the image. Yeah. Fun place to. Yeah. Comedy. That's where my brain was when you started asking me the next question, which. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Because uh, it's so true. Like there are opportunities to put little bits of personality into your emails, whether and and your brand overall, whether it's on the the product pages or in the emails or not. Yeah. And and the other thing I wanted to say as we moved from PDPs to email in my very scattershot, uh, frenzied manner, right now is like don't be that brand that spends so much effort on the personality on the front end and then just toggles all the switches on in Shopify and just has default copy everywhere else. Mm. Like I've talked about this forever. I will die on this hill. If you spend all this effort getting somebody into the funnel and then their first 
post-purchase email from you is the default Shopify receipt that uh, you have that it's such a letdown because it's like oh you just money <laughs> yeah we don't have a post-purchase flow right that's built out so yeah and we talk we'll talk about post-purchase flows on this show uh probably until everyone's sick of hearing about them um because that's when it they finally take action right when you get tired of us talking about it and listening to I really need to go work on my post-purchase flows. Um, yeah, I, I think like there's that uh, that element of continuity throughout the brand. And that might also be a place where people get a little bit tripped up when it comes to copy is like, um, I want to be creative. I want to put some brand personality in here. Um, and I, I'm afraid that if I start sprinkling it in early, I either will like run out of funny things to say or I will um, I'll never get to the other stuff. I, I'll forget and I don't have time. And, you know, like how do how do you recommend people think about adding personality to their brand in a way that feels doable? Uh, first of all, the bar is so low. OK, so great. Low. Even just thinking about trying it means you're miles ahead of other people. Um, Fantastic. I usually say, like, if you're worried about how it's going to come off, if you're worried about, you know, trying it safely, uh, try it from the inside out. Start by adding a joke to your, like, email subject line or in your email body copy. And then if that seems to go over well, then bring it out to a landing page, but not your homepage just yet. And then if that seems to go well, maybe you have the confidence to bring your funny onto your homepage, maybe even into your hero headline which is very hard uh, to accomplish yeah so yeah. inside out meaning like with your existing customers who already know like and trust you um trying something with them seeing how it lands okay yeah cool and then you know i always say this like don't don't be afraid to ask people what they want from you um it's always a good idea to check in over email and say like what is useful to you what would be helpful content to send you what do you want to see from us either product wise or content wise uh and Try a joke there. Try it as a PS for reading the email. Like, um, as a thank you for reading all the way down, here is a tiny raccoon riding a pink scooter. And like, that doesn't even have to be a joke. It's just a gif. I've used that in a cold email, actually. <laughs> it's just a like wall. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have a, like a long email, it's like, wow, you made it all the way to the bottom. Good for you. Here's a gif. Yeah. Here's your reward. Like, people love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, the The content piece of uh on the email side and it probably extends to like writing on your blog on your website i mean th these are things that people all think like i really need to do that i should i should be creating seo opportunities through blog content and then repurposing that in my email flows um and those are like the shoulds of the world like we, i know i need to do that but i never really get around to it um what's the best place to source ideas for those things um, I, I, I'm also the cobbler with no shoes here. Um, I, the, the most success I've had with emailing consistently, uh, our list as Paramount has been, uh, emailing as me, just text-based, uh, and I am collecting ideas for emails all day long and putting them in a note in Obsidian. Um, so whatever personal knowledge management system you like, uh, you don't have to write it right away, but obviously that's, you know, if you can seize the momentum and go write the email and send it or schedule it, 
Um, but I'm just collecting ideas all the time. And I think, okay, what was the last thing I sent the list? What do I send now? I try to alternate between um, dog and cat stuff. Uh, and my rubric for is this worth emailing is, is this actually helpful? Uh, and so some of my recent emails have been about um, how to break up a dog fight if a dog runs up to you while walking your dog, which I learned a bunch of new stuff and I wanted the list to know. Yeah. Uh, they're all owners who care about their pets. Um, a new arthritis injection medication for both dogs and cats and how to get it at the vet and how it works inside your pet's body, which your vet will not tell you, like, because they don't have time to explain these things. <laughs> um, just generally, oh, um, how to how to make sure your pet's taken care of in your will. Uh, <laughs> all sorts of stuff that, like, isn't easily findable on the internet. And then every now and then it's like, okay, here's a bunch of cute pets on reddit like yeah but also those are things that aren't selling your product they're they are topics that your audience cares about um but they aren't things that are inherently going to sell a supplement and yet and somehow val so ben my co-founder was begging me to put any link to our products in the email and sometimes they do like when it's relevant you know if your pet has a dry coat uh, or dry skin or you know itchy or flaky like well we have products for that i guess i'll link those but he was like please just put any like so now in the footer sometimes if you scroll all the way down there is a tiny eight point font that always says something different and funny uh one time it says like here's a tiny hamburger and here's a link to our store and another time it's like we don't sell break sticks to break up a dog fight but we do sell other things to put in your dog's mouth uh and despite that even before i had that little footer link in there every time the emails were making money Amazing. People, and there was no logo. There was no link to the store. <laughs> I don't know why I got in my own way so much. I just really wanted to be helpful first. Uh, and, and the emails made over a thousand bucks, you know, within the first 30 days or something. And you're yeah. being helpful by and gathering those ideas because you are a pet owner. So you're your best customer. So yes. um, you're talking to your customers all day, you're talking to yourself. Uh, and you know pet parents really well. So if you, uh, if you target um, an audience that you are not your own best customer. Like if you were a, uh, if you were building uh, mechanical keyboards and that's not your jam, but you know that that's profitable business. And so I'm going to create a website for it. You want to go talk to people who are passionate about their mechanical keyboards and then find out what other interests they have. You're probably going to write some content on those things or outsource it to a copywriter, content creator, um, who can help create some of that, either giving you a list of outlines and ideas, doing the full writing themselves. Um, but in bringing in team can actually then help you earn more money because you said those emails make money so they can pay for themselves uh, in yeah. terms of hiring. Yeah. And I think there's sometimes resistance um to to reaching out in that kind of way because it's like well if we reach out to our customers and we have to promote something because otherwise we're wasting our chance to be in their inbox and we don't want to ask them too many questions and they're, they're going to unsubscribe um but like people love being asked about themselves uh they love being asked to give input if especially if they have already invested in your brand so if you have your segment very highly engaged those are your vips to ask like hey what products do you want to see us to make next um, anybody, anybody with, you know, lifetime customer value of over X dollars, like, or who's X number of times, like make them feel special, make them feel like they have input. 
Um, and if you don't want to do that or you don't have bandwidth for that, Reddit is your best friend, especially for mechanical keyboards. Yeah. And Reddit's blacked out right now, so I don't know when it's going to come back. Oh, but. no. Well, hopefully by the time this is airing, Reddit's okay. Um, but yeah, adding adding the word Reddit to your Google search is such a game changer. Uh, same for scholarly. Like if you add scholar, uh, it pulls up like the Google scholarly side. Um, if you need like real information, if you need like data. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's my other Google pro tip for the day. Um, Leanna, thank you so much. We could talk about copy all day long, um, but we don't have that kind of time on this show. So uh, you and I will have to do that offline. Sounds good. Call me, girl. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to e-commerce marketing school and huge favor. If you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review with Privy. Anyone can be a marketer. Simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to Triple Whale. E-commerce marketing school is now part of the Triple Whale podcast network. Triple Whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics, attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.